And that gets cut. That can't go in. That can't go in. <laughs> all right. All right. Just this once. Just this once. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Bits and Twigs podcast. We are coming at you live from our regular areas. And uh, to be fair, when you hear this, it will have been recorded uh, the day before. So maybe not so much live. Moving We're on not, from that. Not live twigs. at all. <laughs> We're live with one another. That's all that matters. Yeah. You know, it's like those late night shows and they're like live and it was filmed seven, eight hours beforehand. Yeah. You know what? I never knew that till I was like older. I'm like, this is not live at all. No. This is completely scripted. Like when they're doing like the, the question games or the impersonation singing, I'm like, no, these yeah. celebrities already, already knew this was coming. This is just yeah. to boost their egos. Let's just watch more famous people doing things that don't matter on live television. Yeah, that well, isn't even live. And they get multiple takes. They do it over and over again if they no. have to. And let's be and then here's the thing as well. Like they're doing things that most of the time that's like, well, uh, I didn't even know you could sing. Like, oh, I sing a little. It's like, no, you've had like 17 years of training. Get Wait, out of here. They actually get multiple takes. Like again, I'm not a big Jimmy Fallon or oh, yeah, they, the other they, Jimmy. They, yeah. Uh Kimmel. Kimmel, yeah. And then who's the British dude? Um, the late, late, uh, uh carpool carry. Everybody hates James Corden. Yeah, that's the guy. That guy does suck. Yeah, pretty fake. Yeah. He's garbage. Well, now I know. Yeah, don't waste your time watching it. They don't. They don't care about you. It's the reality. It is. They just want you to like them. Yeah. Just, uh, a moment ago, just now, uh, I I forgot we were uh on a podcast and I was like, we're just having a nice chat about how much we hate this stuff. And I was like, Ooh, wait, no, this we're, is content that we're supposed we're, to be. Uh, yeah. We're live. Not really, but kind of. <laughs> we're live because we're too lazy to edit. What's editing. It's been a fun week. Uh, we won't dive into it, but just know that the fantasy league has had some drama. Bunch of dirty cheaters. As I said, we're not going to get too much into it, but just know that's where our mood comes from this week. Yeah. We are in one. It's been a fun time. I want to start. I want to start with a temp check mm. because it may be late November. My Christmas tree may be up. No. But the temperature is high. <laughs> oh my God. The blues are on a heater. The blues are on fire. The blues are on fire. That's like if we stopped. If we had our intern that could actually edit, oh. music would be playing right now. Think about how wild that would be. Yeah, I was thinking about how cool it would be to have like I'd be like this week's temp check, like temp check. Dude, just keep but, that. Yeah, just we'll edit that, and we'll just and we'll just put like we'll use that every week. That was nice. Yeah, the blues are on a heater. Break it down for us. Uh, well, we're the greatest thing that ever happened to sport. Uh, top to bottom, front to back, left to right, side to side, twirling, always twirling. My goodness, uh, we're so good that Thomas Grice got a win. Jordan Bennington, you know that guy that everybody hates because he's kind of a dick, but a lot of people think he's bad at hockey. Well, uh, the bad at hockey part's not true. The guy's really good. He's really good at hockey. Uh, he, he, he's genuinely a bit of a dick, but Guys in the locker room seem to love him. And as long as he keeps putting up these big save nights, they're going to keep loving him. Six wins in a row. Just unbelievable. Um, they've been doing it, uh, interestingly enough, after they sent down some of the young fellows, they brought up uh, some depth guys uh, to add some grit, uh, like Levo. Uh, who do we have? We've got uh, Callie Rosen been playing on defense back there and playing wonderful for us. My goodness, the boys are scoring. Booch, Booch's legs are back. Oh, the Ryan O'Reilly. All of a sudden, he's looking like a player. Unbelievable. Oh. Hell yeah. Uh, I was Lock watching him a up. bit. <laughs> eight times 10. The... Give it to him. Eh, maybe not eight times 10. Uh, 
who gives that kind of money to people, to players over 30 years old? Oh, uh, let's get back on topic. Uh, Davis was playing online with Cairo and Thomas on Saturday night against the Ducks, if memory serves. And he had just a dirty backhander that just coming out of the corner, a couple quick passes, boom, 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 little flip. How are you doing? Back of the net. Don't mind us just putting in a shift. The boys are on fire. It's as simple as that. And uh, they can't be stopped. Um, I assume, like I said a couple weeks ago, that uh, they're now going to just win out the rest of the season. Probably have like the greatest record of all time. Uh, 2021 Avalanche. Who? Don't care. Last year's news. So, yeah, things are going well in St. Louis. And oh, they, and they uh, some, special. They beat some good teams, too. It's not like they're just playing a bunch of scrubs. Nah. Gold Knights. Beat them. Avalanche. Beat them. Chicago Blackhawks, best team in the league. Beat them. Hard. <laughs> oh. The Washington Capitals. Your man, Alex Ovechkin. Couldn't pull it off. Couldn't pull it off. Russian in the game. (laughs) No, they are on a heater. They're rolling. And like I said, I think I'm the only one that said this. You said Reddit was blowing up. Twitter was blowing up. You know who wasn't? Little little twigs. I mean, big old twigs. Two two seventy five, six five. Slavovsky built twigs. I said, hey, there's too much talent. Let them get the losing out of the way. Look at them. Look at him. Lion. 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 Special Ooh. shout out to uh, Scott Darling for his moment of oh. relevancy in the media. Uh, <laughs> you got to love a journeyman career backup goaltender who somehow got a no trade clause in his contract. From Florida. Like, I mean, you probably could have just left that out and taken the money. You clearly you need it because you're working. So maybe mm. you could have got a little bit more money there. I don't know. Maybe you're just trying to draw up a second career there for you, Scott. Uh, best wishes in all of that, especially uh, choking down your own words there. Ooh. I mean, there's a lot of things you can say about St. Louis, but they have. Wait, it's Carolina, not Florida. Sorry, my bad, people. Don't need y'all yeah. blowing up the comments. I'll hear you. You <laughs> <laughs> St. Louis has one of the best, most vibrant, uh, like legacy of alumni players that come back and like work with the organization in special positions, come back for games, have families in the city, decide to live there and stay a part of it. There's probably a bunch of organizations out there that you could take that shot on and it wasn't an obvious, dumb thing to say. Scott, it's got to hurt that St. Louis doesn't want anything to do with you, but you're not going to heal by projecting that anger back on them. So wish you nothing but the best, but especially sucking the big one down there in Chicago with a bunch of those losers. So that's a bold thing to say. I don't even think he, like, has he been on TV long? Like it's definitely just for clicks, right? Yeah. As far like, as that's I know, it. that's his first and only time on television. <laughs> that's gotta be for clicks. Like it makes no sense. I'm like, why would you come on and then just say that? It just, it makes no sense. And then all the Chicago fans are like defending him. I'm like, no, it's a random ass thing to say. That's like Connor McDavid coming out and saying Calgary is a shitty place to live in. It it makes no sense. Yeah. Just does he pumble the flames? Yes. But it has nothing to do with the city. Yeah. Like, like what? If, I don't he'd know, spent, it... if he'd spent any time here, if he was a disgruntled player, he might have a leg yeah. to stand on. But to just say that his experience with the city and the, and, and the arena is that he played there a handful of times. Like, and how many and, games did he actually play in yeah, against the Blues? Like, we should is, have his that. Issue, is his issue that the food in the luxury box that he was sitting in during the games that he was paid to be at wasn't Ooh. good enough? Is that his issue? He didn't like the food he's being served as a healthy scratch over and over and over? Maybe they didn't have a really comfortable seat for him in the hallway to watch the game. I don't know. I don't know what Scott's problem is. I mean, I hope he has a better time in the future. Hey, I don't Scott, think he'll ever be back. Scott Darling, come on, defend yourself, you baby. You 
mediocre goalie. <laughs> Still getting paid by Carolina? I don't know. I'll tell you right now. If I had a Scott Darling jersey, I would burn it. I'd burn yeah. Yeah. Even yeah. though we've like talked a couple times to like not burning your jerseys and how stupid that is. <laughs> burn it. You don't want to why rep him? He's got terrible and, takes. Anybody out there that has a Scott Darling jersey, send it into the show. We will burn it. Live burn. Out. If you find one in a thrift store for a reasonable price, send it. I will almost certainly pay you back for it, at the very least in uh, mitts and twig dollars, if not actual dollars. I'm down. I think I think we should get somebody to find us a Scott Darling jersey, and that's all we do. We do like some ceremony. We yeah. build like a little city you know, structure of Chicago, yeah. and then we just like lay the jersey on it. Light the sucker. Yeah. Or just I mean, like his we career. Just, we could just hang in a locker because that's where it would sit anyway. Oh. It's not like he ever had to wear it. You mediocre goalie. Feels good. Feels good. See, Scott, that's feel how you get things. That's how you work through something, Scott. Does that's it feel you like you chest. robbed some teams there, Scott? <laughs> feel like you took some money you shouldn't have? I don't know, Scott. Check yourself, my guy. I don't know, Scott. How about them flames? <laughs> How about them flames? My Slovakian king has arrived. Came down. <laughs> came down from the sky and whispered into Daryl's e- ear and said, Play the kids. And he did. He played the kids. And look at that. Against Florida. Potted a couple goals, got an assist, loving the top line life. He's playing amazing. Not that hard to do. No. Look what happens when you don't play Milan Lucic in your top six. Hey, yeah, but Milan, you know, he uh, came and helped me out on the farm. He uh, won a ring back in, I don't know, 2013 or 2012, something like that. You can't teach that. Yeah. You can't have that. He's won a lot of games. Yeah, but he can't skate, Daryl. Yeah, but still, he's really good in the room. Cool, but Daryl, Kadri doesn't want to pass to him. Yeah, but he looks good. He's good up there. Yeah. And also, I don't. I I really like Milan Lucic on the team. I and I think I've said that. I just don't love Milan Lucic playing top six minutes. So finally, Daryl, you know, went. Went back to the DNA line of uh, Dylan Dubé, Andrew Manjapani, and Nazem Kadri. That worked out. The top line is Haman with Adam Ruzicka, top titty Tiftoli, um, and Elias Lindholm, our king. And then you got Huberto, who's seemingly is starting to find chemistry with our shutdown guy. Little Sweden himself, Michael Backlund. And they're doing, they're, they're playing well. Like, and, you know what was that was probably the the best game I've seen all year from the Flames that uh, Florida game it was electric, you know that that uh, what's his name? Help me out here. He requested a trade because he hated Calgary. Uh, what's his? Uh, I believe Turtle disappeared in the playoffs. <laughs> I think his I think his dad. Did he have a famous dad? I think his dad played in the NHL. Is his brother a captain? <laughs> Another team, I think I heard. Yeah, he's got. Oh, Matthew Kachuk, that bum. (laughs) Cool, you scored, bro, but you know what matters? The two points. You also lost to Johnny Goudreau today. Florida's so good. He's over there just. uh, Oh, the 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 intermission interview with Matthew Kachuk. Oh, Paul Maurice is just so good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sam Bennett is elite. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody's so good. I didn't realize how everybody was so good down here. Yeah, then why are you losing? Why are you constantly losing? You're not doing better than the Flames. You're not. And you know, here's the hot take. Those those third jerseys that everybody loved, that I even said I loved, aren't that nice. You know why? Here's oh, okay. why. No, let's, here's why. Let's here's, hold, on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. It's the logo. It should be the it should be the retro pan, Panther logo. 
the the stick in the floating tree and all that makes no sense. It's just not a it's just not like a primary logo. It just doesn't fit. You throw the the panther on there, I think it just flows better. It's like, oh, we're no longer the Florida palm tree and stick. We're the Florida Panthers. Hmm. You know? That's just my hot take. They're just they just didn't look as good as I thought they did when they first came out. When they first came out, I'm like, I might have to buy one of these. These are really nice. But nah, they're just not that great. They're not that hot. You know what is hot? The Flames third. The new one. The Flames reverse retro. Sexy. But no. Temp check? I feel like we're we're uh we're simmering. Yeah. We're just simmering. Well, that Florida that Florida win is a big win. A huge win. It's an emotional win. Huge win. And their next games are really all tough too, right? You have uh Philly, who should be, you know, beatable. Pittsburgh, Carolina, those are, and then there's one more this week. I can't remember the the fourth one, but all those games I think are are winnable. Carolina is probably the toughest out of all of them, but yeah, I th- I think they can start to get a run going. Uh, Mackenzie Weger and Jonathan Huberto can finally turn a the page. They're starting to play the best hockey they have. What's crazy is Mackenzie Weger was like a top ten defenseman analytically last year. And this year on the Flames, he seems to already be beating those numbers, especially defensively, which is no surprise playing under a system with Ryan Huska uh, and Daryl Sutter. So that's a plus. The biggest thing is, is Jacob Markstrom, where are you, man? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you watch the Tampa game, but they, they scored the 2-1 goal. Nazem Kadri, little tip right in center ice. How are you doing? Um, and then all of a sudden, little flutter goes in and all the momentum's back to Tampa. It makes... This goalie should not be like averaging over three goals a game. It's just not, and, and a and a save percentage under nine hundred. So, I think they're starting to get going. They're going to start to find their legs again. That whole core was ripped out, and the new one was put in. It takes time. Daryl's not an easy coach to play for. It's just, it's going to take time. And even though I that, uh, do you think that Gabranson was the secret key to Mark's success? Oh my success? god! Oh man, I miss that guy so much. He was so good. No, I don't miss Gabranson. What kind of garbage is that? Although the man did steal Johnny Goudreau, like straight up. His wife and his Gabranson and Johnny's wife are best friends. Literally stole Johnny. He's like, yo, Johnny, come with yeah. me to Columbus. I know it's where you want to be. Whatever. Yeah. So temp Just check. Mad. Yeah. Simmer. Let's go simmer. simmer. All right. Uh, Gabranson is definitely peeling off a piece of that uh, paycheck for uh, Johnny. You know who you know who Gabranson's like kind of like Scott Darling steals from a team, disappears, just trash. <laughs> should have a wall of Scott Darling and just all players that like rip off teams. That's oh. what we should do. That should be our new our new segment. This week's Scott Darling Thief. Eric Gabranson. Come up with a catchy name or something. Scott Darling got dunked on so hard by social media after the game that it was almost it couldn't have gone better for like St. Louis Blues social media propaganda if they'd paid him to say such ridiculous things before a game that like the Blues were always going to destroy the terrible Blackhawks. The Blackhawks stink. Like so that's not a great time that's not a great time to be Loading up that ammunition, you know, yeah, it's a wild it's time. A, it's a wild, it's a wild time to say that yeah. when you're a basement team, you're like tanking for Bedard, and you're yeah. oh, you're shitting on. Oh, I gotta, I gotta watch myself. You're yeah. just we're dunking allowed, on. We're only allowed one or two swears. I got two. Game. I got two. I'm done. Them. I'm done. Uh, yeah, to, to be employed by a team that uh, recently had the scandals that Chicago did. And then to levy kind of things against another franchise, even if it's just meant as like they stink. It's like, hey man, you're not throwing rocks while you're in a glass house. You're sitting in a pile of just shattered glass rubble. Yeah. Just, true. just t- take a deep breath, bro. Take a deep breath. I don't know if you don't, you probably can't skate because you're a washed up goalie, but maybe <laughs> I'll take a lap, maybe jog a lap. I don't Get think on the you, bike. No. He stole all that money and they got injured all the time. He probably can't skate. You're right. Um, what I will say is, um, I, uh, while we're on the Blackhawks, I do want to give uh, a big congratulations to the only player I've ever known to be allergic to his own sweat, Marion Hosa. Congratulations on your number going up in the rafters uh, at United Center in 
Chi Town. Um, he was an unbelievable player. I loved watching him when he was on Detroit, when he was in Ottawa, when he was in Atlanta, and then when he won some cups in Chi Town. Um, one of my favorite players of all time. He's electric, polarizing, great shot. Uh, congratulations, Marion Hosa. Yeah, hell of a lead into that. Uh, all star, all time Hall of Fame lead in. Uh, but yeah, Hosa was awesome. Hosa, uh, underrated. He, he he was so good for like a brief period of time. Not to say that he wasn't good after that or outside of that, mm. but there was a brief period of time where Marion Hosa was just like one of the best players in hockey and still somehow was moving around teams every other year. Yeah. Um, which was mostly his own choice, but like, yeah, it's just, it was so wild to see a player of that caliber just switch franchises and pick it right up again. And then switch franchises, pick it right up again. Wasn't it? It speaks volumes. When he was playing like, you know, moving to like different chairs in the Stanley cup, he like got traded to Pittsburgh, went to the Stanley cup finals, Detroit beat him. Then he signed with Detroit Got to the Stanley Cup Finals. Pittsburgh beat him. Then he signed with Chicago and finally won a cup. Won a couple, yeah. right? Like, that was just – no player's ever done that. That was incredible. Three cups – well, then the Patrick Maroon. That guy, oh, that's that guy did that. He's like the anti-Patrick Maroon where Maroon just can't stop winning. Except yeah. thanks, thanks, Corey Perry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I probably the, the Avs might have had a hand in that as well. Yeah, but, they're a pretty uh, good team. Nazem, you know. But yeah, Hosa got it uh, raised to the rafters. Uh, a couple other big uh, events this week. Uh, high-end journeyman. I, I don't mean that as an insult, but Alex Goligoski played his thousandth game, which yeah. is that's a like. I don't think that we think about it often enough. At how many games and how many years of hockey that really is, especially when like the average professional hockey player's career is probably like a handful of years to play a thousand games. And to not be a superstar is uh, it just is a real a testament to his hard work uh, and his commitment uh, to him. So, you know, hats off. And I didn't see it, but I think you were saying it was, it was a really touching moment as well. Yeah. I think he was scratched 12 of like the previous 13. So this, this meant, meant a lot. And he got the game winning goal too. He was clearly emotional. There were reports that he was, Taking it all in in the room after, even as on the on the ice interview, he was you could tell he was having a tough time through it, and it 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 just goes to show that you know these players take it for granted at the start. It ends right, it does end, and and like you said, a thousand games is not easy, and how many years that is, and you have to keep your body at this certain physical shape that a lot of us average folk, not like me, because I'm two se- I'm two seventy, I'm six five, I work out all the time. Uh, Matt over there, he probably doesn't understand, but um, you got to keep it at this this shape your whole career, and injuries can happen, all that. So good on Alex Goligoski, that's amazing. But then I will say, then we have the other news, which is Phil Kessel, who doesn't take care of his body at all, somehow played a thousand <laughs> consecutive games, like without <laughs> getting hurt. Like what? This man's just pounding hot dogs like crazy, just pounding them, and he's uh incredible achievement like it's incredible we really we you know what i'm gonna say this right now we need to start a petition that for the remainder of the time that phil kessel has the iron man streak until somebody relieves him of that Mm -hmm. it needs to be changed to the jelly man streak (laughs) because that man's body has way more in common with jelly than iron yeah and i just think it's like a block of butter (laughs) <laughs> I I don't want to make fun, but I just think that it's not the best comparison. It it sends the wrong image <laughs> and a confusing thing for young people in particular. Yeah. See that man and equate it with iron. You know, education's already been taking such a hit, you know, in this country. <laughs> it's it's like that one guy I saw where I can't remember where he did the race. I think it was in China or something like that, where he's, he just chain smoked this whole marathon. You're like, you shouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> like Phil Kessel shouldn't have been able to play a thousand games in a row. Like that that man, that's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Good on him. Yeah. Good on him. A man who uh was teammates with both of them for a couple of years as they passed through his home. 
big Gino Malkin at the time of recording was doing his his one thousandth game today, doing doing his game. That's you know, they do hockey. Um clearly they do uh, hockey. spoken and knowledgeable. Let's do that hockey. Uh G- Malkin playing in his thousandth game. Uh lots of fun stories. I mean, is there yeah. ever a story about Malkin that's not fun or hilarious in some way? It's what's crazy is I went and saw Malkin this year. And when I was a kid, it was it was Malkin, Ovechkin, and Crosby, right? Those were the big three. Those were our Matthews, uh, McKinnon, McDavid of now, right? So like yeah. our generation was those three. Those were the three stars. Those are the three like Saturday Night Hockey. We're going to watch in on uh, Crosby and Malkin or Ovechkin and how amazing of players they were. Malkin is still really good. Like he's still really good. Even Crosby, I saw, I think it was – uh, I can't remember who it was. It was an athletic writer today. He goes, there's top four players in the NHL right now are Leon, uh, Matthews, McKinnon, McDavid, without a question. And then they like named a whole bunch of other ones, but left out Crosby. And somebody wrote down, they're like, you can't leave out Sidney Crosby. And you can't. Like these players, yeah, they've been in the game for a while and we're not taking them for granted like we used to. We have the new shiny players, which are faster, you know, maybe a little bit more skilled. No, no, no. Like Crosby can still game. Malkin can still game. And it's still it's amazing to see that these players are playing in their thousandth game and they're still playing at that level. That's unbelievable. Especially when he had like injury problems, him like it yeah. was it was crazy. So well, and, you gotta, and you gotta I think you really need to put that in the context too, that yeah, not only are they playing at still a very high level, but yeah, a lot of the other superstars in the league and the 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 biggest stars in the league right now are so much faster so and, much and and this is something that doesn't get talked about all, or all that often i don't think anyways but you know sorry if, if you guys at home talk about this often but the, the general fitness level of players is so much higher mm-hmm. now than even 10 years ago and especially like 20 30 40 years ago but like literally even like 10 years ago the general fitness level of most players is higher and here we have a couple of players that are, you know, at the end or, or towards the end of what would traditionally be their athletic prime. And they're not as fast as these young guys, but they're still succeeding. They're still scoring. They're still playing tons of minutes. They're still, mm-hmm. their team is still picking up big wins. Like that's, this isn't, you know, this isn't like Ovi in Washington who's just sitting at the, in the face-off circle waiting to be past the, the puck so he can sla- make a slap shot. Uh, these guys are actually playing hockey, uh, mm-hmm. so it's that much more impressive. Uh, let me just round that out, that that uh, obvious of it and slander with the fact that uh, none of his uh, – nobody has ever been as physical and as high-scoring as Malkin has been. Or as Malkin, Malkin or Ovechkin? As Ovechkin, yeah. Right. We yeah. don't need to go into but I saw that that recently was they came up that like his like comparables in terms of his career and his um uh well, blanking on the word, but like when you look at Malkin and Crosby and other players that are yeah. had the same careers, the hits yeah. aren't even close. It's and incredible some to be, of them. It's incredible them to be a power up, forward yeah. and sniper. Yeah. Like he's a power it's, forward and a sniper. Like it's, yeah. it's incredible. Like nobody should be able to do that. Nobody no. should be able to like throw the physical game like Jerome McGinley and, or David Backus and then be able to shoot the puck like Patrick Lyonair, Alex Ovechkin, like just rip it. Yeah. Right. And, have the, and have the longevity of health. Yeah. yeah. Like considering the three of them has Ovechkin really ever been that hurt? No, no. It's that Russian serum, man. I took the word cool. them out. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever oh, they're doing over there. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot me up. I'm built yeah. that way already. Yeah, no, um, it's incredible. It, it's pretty cool to see like the players of our generation get there. And uh Marion Hosa, awesome. Gelgoski, not the sexiest name, but crazy career. Yeah. Malkin Ovechkin Crosby. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh Little tidbit, uh, other end of the spectrum. Mm. Shane Wright, just mm. starting his career, uh, has been. I mean, 
I don't think even saying rocky start would be accurate because that would imply something had been going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was healthy scratch for five games and now he's being loaned out uh, to the AHL because there's a, some kind of rule involved that. Yeah. Uh, it's unfortunate that they, if he's not there, that they couldn't, like if he's not there and ready to play at, in the NHL level, which it seems like they're deeming he's not. Mm-hmm. He's not just being allowed to continue to develop either in the CHL or even in the AHL to playing full time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a bummer. I think that I've read that the, he will be loaned out to Team Canada for uh, the second World Juniors this year. But I mean, at this point, who even really cares about World Juniors anymore? Yeah, I didn't watch hardly any of it last year no. at all. Um, the Shane Wright, I don't know if Jeff Merrick's getting paid for like Shane Wright clicks, but like it's all he talks about is the Shane Wright Seattle conundrum, right? Like it's, it doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense to me to like, and Elliot said, yeah, they were about to do this and then somebody got hurt. It was a McCann. And then they had to push Shane Wright in for a game and then they had to restart the five, the five day, uh, five game scratch. And it's just kind of like, so you're willing – I remember Edmonton did this weird thing with Leon Dreisel and it worked out where they were like scratching him and then not really playing him and then they kept him up but then kept scratching him or playing him like eight minutes. It was like – just was weird, right? Yeah. Then they finally sent him back and he went back and he won a Memorial Cup or whatever down there like he should have, right? Like it, it may – these young players, Yusuf Almaki too is, is you know, got claimed on waivers playing insane in, in Arizona. They need to play. Yeah. You need to develop these players. And what is going down on a conditioning stint in the AHL going to do? Like, what's it going to do? It makes no sense to me. Just send them back. You At the draft, everybody was like, oh, why didn't you go play? Why didn't you go play during COVID? Why didn't you go? Well, two things. It was a pandemic, right? There's a pandemic. And there was no certainty with any league. Now, does it make sense? Yeah, you can question. Um, you can question why he didn't go overseas, but the NHL wasn't playing there for a while too. And then they locked it down to a bubble. So you can't really like give this kid a hard time for things that were not in his control. Could he have went over? Yes. You still drafted him fourth. You wanted him and fourth is still really good, but you're just kind of like not developing the kid. Your team is playing well. You have no need for him right now. Look at Maddie Beneers. You let him go back and play in the NCAA extremely good player going to be a star just let the kid play it makes no sense to me i don't know what ron francis is doing i don't know what hackstall is doing and i don't think anybody does in reality i don't think i don't hell i don't even know if they do yeah they don't know what they're doing uh we've we've uh exposed that clearly on this pod i think a thousand times over um yeah, I I feel like they've fallen ass backwards into a winning formula this season so far um, with the resurgent Martin Jones, but uh, Grubauer's back now, so he'll fix that. Um, I don't I don't get it. I think I can only assume that they they either misjudged his ability to play right now, and they're trying to make up for that or figure that out, or they just don't take development as seriously as they should or or as intelligently as they should because this is a guy that is been was supposed to be a top draft pick and was arguably mm-hmm. going to be a number one overall pick and uh, had special exception to play the CHL uh, at a young age like this is a guy that's supposed to be a future superstar for your team and two months into his professional career and you're just bungling it like it would be so easy to not screw this up if you just let him play somewhere else, let the kid play, or you just put him on the ice and let him learn the hard way, which I wouldn't recommend. I'm saying it's a better idea, but at least then he'd be learning, but he's not learning anything wearing a suit. All he's learning is he's not appreciated there. Yeah. He's played seven games, one assist. I don't think his minutes per game is very high. I don't have it right in front of me. So, you know what? Like, you don't need to play every prospect right away. You can let them, you know, yep. ripen. You can like look at Luke Luke Hughes in uh I feel like ripen's not the language we want to use just because, you know, <laughs> yeah, the environment fair. we're in these days, you yeah. know. Well, look at look at 
Sorry, Detroit always said they overripen their prospects, which is, which is where I got that. But uh, um, yeah, maybe not the right choice of words. Um, you really can let them develop their game and excel at that level, and then come up. He already didn't have a great season last year. Not like it was still really good. It just wasn't what everybody was expecting. That's why he didn't go first overall. Let him go down there, conquer that freaking league, just run it. And I, I don't know if they're scared. Like they're actually, I, yeah, I have no, no idea what they're doing. Yeah, I don't think they. And like you said, they don't. They don't know either. So, just another week where we have to point out and let everybody else know that Seattle still sucks. Yeah, weird franchise. The, the so standings weird. will fool you right now, but don't be fooled by the standings. Ooh, I actually do think they. I think they're kind of good. Sorry. But I think that's because Haxtell's trying to coach the crap. Like, he's getting every ounce out of that right now. He's like, I'm not going to play Shane Wright. I know if I lose, I'm going to get fired. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I'm going to keep playing this team that's winning. Martin Jones looks like a, you know, stud for some weird reason. That won't last. Um, nope. But that's what I think's happening is Haxtell's like, yeah, it's my team. I'm not going to play Shane Wright. This is the winning formula. It's not, you know. Yeah. No, that's right. It, it, it's, uh, they'll figure it out. They'll find mm-hmm. their way back to the basement where they belong. Oh. It'll be fine. That'll <laughs> be fine. Uh, and uh, I think the last exciting bit of news, and uh, if I remember to edit this properly, dear listeners and viewers, you may already know. Uh, I'm going to go see the Canucks play in person tomorrow night with a couple of buddies. Looking forward to that. Hosting the Las Vegas Golden Lost Knights, I believe is the full their full name, uh, their Christian name, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, looking forward to that. Going to get to see uh, my guy Jack Eichel rip it up out there. Uh, yeah. Really looking forward to chanting Bruce. There it is. I hope that's still a thing. Uh... How about you give no. us this while we're, while we're talking about Vancouver? What's what's the temperature like right there? Like in the city? How's the 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 sports radio? How's the podcasts? How's everything in Vancouver? We know that that city handles uh, defeat well. You know, it's one of only few cities in North America, in the world, that uh, will burn down their city over a hockey game. So, uh, how's this? How's this game? Because also, if I'm correct here, there's a lot of rumors that Mister Bo himself might be on the move. Uh, there's a whole lot of rumors, a whole lot of different kind of rumors. Uh, hmm. There's rumors about uh, replacement coaches secretly coming in and taking uh, interviews. Um, Bruce B only knows how to how to do his job, and uh, he's not going to mess with any of those rumors. And uh, Mr. Horvat, who I believe you were talking about, uh, has uh, just gone out there doing his job as well. Uh, these knucks. These Nucks are uh, on a two-game winning streak. I guess yep. it's not a streak till the third, but we'll solve that tomorrow. Uh, but they're playing a little bit better. Um, they, they're they always in a difficult spot coming into the season, and the city chose to, I think, kind of ignore that. Mm. So you've, they coming into the season, their defense is still kind of suspect. Awful. They didn't. They didn't have the money or prospects to make up for it. They were going to need to try to patch this together and find a formula that worked. Uh, their offense, which has started to play up to what it should be doing, came out absolutely flat and atrocious. And it doesn't help when one of your biggest stars who just signed a huge contract uh, is immediately exposed for having little to no defensive abilities. Um which are looks especially bad when you're not scoring. So you've got the one portion of the Canucks fan base that is loving this because they're gloating and they just, they're miserable people for the most part, but they're gloating about the fact that I told you this team wasn't good enough. And then you have the rest of the fan base for the most part who saw the run that they went on last season and thought we can do this again this year. We're bringing everything back and they are all in therapy right now, just dealing with the (laughs) issue that uh, they've been misled and that they are crushed and that they are hurt. And I mean, add to all of this that 
I don't know if I missed didn't, didn't pick up on this previously because I didn't live in a city that that he worked in. But uh, Mr. Rutherford, Jim, is that the the GM? Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy loves to do his business in the media, and I don't know. I for one don't think that is conducive to a successful environment. It's a lot of dirty um, laundry out there. A lot of dirty laundry out he there. He's thrown the coach under the bus. He's thrown the players under the bus. He's he's doing I, a I lot. Just, it's 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 just fueling that like mm. weird depressing fire uh, that even winning I don't think is going to be able to put out. It's awful, honestly. He he's made some good moves and some other organizational moves, but I don't understand the urge to very openly talk crap about your coach in the media. Like if you don't like him or you don't think he plays a winning style, then just handle your business. Mm. But, but don't, don't do that in the media. Don't try to turn the, the, the market against him or act like somehow this is outside of your control. Cause you're the only one that really has control here. Like if I was to sit here and say that Bruce Brujo system is trash and the team team isn't playing it yeah that's fine there's nothing i can do but complain about it but you can do something about it so yeah. don't sit there and mouth off in the media it's quite frankly shameful that uh, somebody would go about their job that way mm -hmm. period uh, and to be somebody that's so highly respected in the hockey community otherwise uh to be acting like that and to be acting like that towards a guy who's really quite well loved in the Bruce Boudreaux a lot like around the world. Like he, he what's the point? What's the point? You know, Bruce isn't going to fight back in the media. Bruce isn't going to give you any reason to fire him. He's just going to go do his job. And everybody recognizes that it's kind of stinks. Honestly, it kind of stinks. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, the, well, and also like he is the president of operations. So I guess you could blame the, the the fault at, on Patrick Alvin, which is seems a little bit unfair, but again, it's it's wild to watch the Canucks this year, and then we all know it's kind of like Edmonton. It's like, okay, are we and Toronto? Are we gonna address this defense problem? Like and and like try to fill these holes because we're getting exposed, and they uh, they made the choice to let Chris Tanev walk, and they signed Tyler Myers. That did not work out which is fine. Like you don't hit on everything. And at the time, Chris Tanev had a lot of injury problems who seemed to be playing well and injury free in Calgary, a couple small setbacks, but that's okay. And then they went and signed out Ilya Mikheyev from Toronto. Big deal. They locked up uh, Brock Besser, who, who for some reason, after getting locked up uh, for three more years, the rumors are he's on the trade market yet again which seems wild to me, even though his foot speed has been a problem. Um, JT Miller got a huge contract. Again, I I don't know if that's a bad contract. Like what JT Miller does is really good. What JT Miller doesn't do is really bad. Like it's the both sides. He does really, really good and really, really bad. Mm -hmm. um, but they, again, they haven't addressed any defensive issues. The, the rumor today or this week, uh, Elliot reported or or one of the main guys reported that it was Zaitsev for Tyler Myers. Cool. You're just we're just switching nameplates now. Like, that's all yeah. we're doing here. We're just let's see if this Band-Aid works. It just it's just trade some of that crazy offensive depth you have for a defenseman. Shane Gostisbehere comes to mind. Jacob Chicken comes to mind. Arizona wants the bottom out. You can flip it. But to sit sit on your hands and be like, oh, it's our coach. Oh, it's our players. You know what? The GMs have a job too. And they just took a team from Jim Benning, re-signed all of them, and add Ilya Mikheyev. That's what they've done. Yeah. And it's easy to blame everybody else, but reality is you change nothing. Yeah. You double down on a roster that you has been shown for the past few years, other than one good run in the bubble that they're just not built for that type of game. And there's too much of one thing and not enough of the other. They still have a stud goaltender. So I don't know. The Pacific is weird. A lot of below average teams uh, not performing well. And then you got the Vegas Golden Knights who just seem to be like, yeah, this is our division. We're back. Yeah. 
yeah, we'll see if this ends up. Uh, I, I remember this time last year, we saw something pretty similar where the Knights were on fire. Uh, the Oilers looked like they were struggling. The Canucks were in the basement. And then by the end of the season, uh, the Canucks had caught fire. Then the, the Golden Knights were struggling and Edmonton was on fire. And the uh, Flames won the division, baby. Bowl. I miss yeah. you, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, and let's also take this moment to remind everybody uh, that uh, the owner of the Canucks, uh, Francesco Aquilini, uh, still, I believe is still currently being sued by his adult children for uh, physical and verbal abuse, uh, or physical and emotional abuse. So that's, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's, how do you say, uh, not a good guy. That was spot on. I like the Italian touch. It, uh, what, it, uh, what Italian? No, I don't. Uh, there was nothing. Well, not a good guy. Oh, uh, <laughs> I don't. Uh, why do you leave the the accents to uh, you? To yeah. <laughs> you want to hear my Australian? Ah, oh, uh, a spider. Australian. Yeah. Nailed it. Spot on. Should have been an actor. Should have been an actor. Like a voice mean, actor. With your build and you. your gift for language. Yeah. I'm so talented. Chris Pine who? Sorry. Yeah. I mean, Chris Pike. Yeah, Chris Pike. No. No, it's Chris Pine. Chris Pine? Yeah, he, was in, Wonder, he was in Wonder Woman. Yeah, with an eye. With yeah, an but eye I, I think Not I'm more of like a Daniel Craig. Big Daniel Craig guy, you know? Oh, yeah. No, I know the name. I know who he is. W07? Yeah, yeah. No. It's, it's, uh, the, or, he- I'm not hesitant. You know, Christoph- so I'm not you sure know who he is. Christopher Waltz? You know Christopher Waltz is? Christ- Christoph Waltz? Yeah, I mean. Like, he's great. Yeah. Oh, he's fluent. Fluent in many languages. Yeah. Oh, okay. We have to. I. This is not hockey related, but I got to bring it up. This is. Sorry. Sorry, pod. We're going to go a little bit here. Um, I was talking to a co-worker. And uh, they were bringing up uh, Top Gun, you know, the new Top Gun. Haven't seen it. Wasn't really into those movies. Haven't seen it, but he was going on how how amazing it was. So I brought up uh, the old um, Quentin Tarantino take about how um, (laughs) Tom Cruise's character was actually gay and, and... battling masculinity and 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 all this and all this yeah and he said well nobody enjoys quentin tarantino movies and i almost fell off my seat wow um in glorious b uh the opening scene where the french uh jews are under the table and the suspense and they're they're looking might be one of my favorite scenes in any movie the suspense was crazy i was 16 at the time i went to a theater with my uh, stepfather who right now is battling some things. So that will always stay with me as my first like real hardcore 18, a movie. And it changed my whole view on movies. So whoever does not like Quentin Tarantino and those movies before I say this, Matthew, do you like Quentin Tarantino? But he just finished, uh, uh, should never watch or critique a movie again. That's all I'm yeah. saying. That, that's all I'm yeah. saying. The man's uh, genius. Yeah. For anybody that hasn't, uh, do yourself a favor and, Use your favorite search engine of choice mm. uh, to look up Quentin Tarantino's take on Top Gun because it's amazing. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, he makes some really good points. Valid uh, point. The and the it's, elevator it's really scene. Well thought out. I'm like, whoa! It's really well thought out. Uh, That's true. And, uh, I can't think of a counter argument, um, but I will also <laughs> say that uh, you cannot label me a Tarantino stan. Oh, um, look. Glorious Bastards, Christoph Waltz in that. Unreal. Unbelievable. Unreal. Uh, there were a lot of great performances in that film. Uh, none of them operated in, in and around Brad Pitt. Uh, Brad Pitt uh, <laughs> has been, was mostly like a like a black hole for talent that just pulled everything in and destroyed it. Mm. Um, didn't even really make sense. Um, Quentin Tarantino has a bit of a he's an ultraviolence guy. He loves ultraviolence and love he it. likes retelling history in a weird way that 
feels a little propagandist uh if i'm gonna be honest i'm not uh but i'm not I'm, he's got some great films i mean uh there's some really fun stuff out there but, i feel like uh, it's everything i think you get like all the gore hardcore amount of violence there's comedy and the the storytelling from taking a, a true event and twisting it in a weird sick sick way uh is something to be like sit back and be like yeah. holy frick how did anybody have time to come up with this it, yeah. it's awesome i don't know it's it's creative One, i'll give them that and, once upon uh, a time hollywood is amazing that's all i'm gonna say it's also a movie um <laughs> and thank you for uh enjoying our movie segment on mitts yeah. and twigs podcast it's sponsored do film yeah love film okay <laughs> uh, uh, oh man good time good time had by all i think mm. anyways mm. uh if you didn't have a good time i don't know but better luck next week we'll be here i hope yeah. you all will be as well amen <laughs> oh wait before we wrap up before we wrap up uh, i promise it's not uh tarantino or uh rant Ask. Uh, I just want to throw a shout out to a good friend of mine, uh, John David, a man out there, uh, JD, just shout out, know that there's nothing but love for you and the family coming from the West Coast. So I hope everything goes well out there. Uh, anybody out there that has any uh, thoughts, prayers, and loves to give, please keep John David and his family in your mind. And uh, that was, you know, I probably should have done that a couple of weeks ago. But, you know, you get talking, we get chatting, and I always forget. So, there it is. Beautiful. Yep. And I had a colonoscopy. <laughs> not, not again, I'm just, you know, reminding I went everybody. back, time two. Yeah, no, it's like, it was such a good time. Hey, Doc, let's run it back, baby. That yeah. was nice. Yeah. Okay, let's end this. This, this time, I'm going to be Goose. <laughs> Anyways... <laughs> For my man, thanks. for myself, Mitz. Uh, just sending all of our love and, and gratitude out there, gang. Thank you so much. Can't wait till uh, see you, talk to you next week. Until then, be good. Adios. Yeah.